Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Welcome to the second episode of the Daily 5 Fantasy Sports Podcast. Remember, we're covering five sports news stories in no more than five minutes each. I am Corey. Lots of people know me as CK. My last name is Peeper. Follow me on Twitter at C-O-P-I-E-P-S, Cole Peeps. Not everybody has time to sit down and listen to 60 to 90 minutes of a podcast or read four to five art news articles to understand what is actually happening. My goal is to do that legwork for you and then give you some actionable recommendations. Reminder, I'm going to focus on baseball here, basketball and football, but if you want hockey news, listen to my friend Jesse Severe and his partner Victor on the Fantasy Hockey Life podcast. No time to waste. Let's get... Story one, I have... So the first... Two here will be NFL news stories. Story one is about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston apparently exited practice early on Monday morning with some type of lower extremity issue is what it was originally described as. And then it was debated for a while on the internet as being either a foot or an ankle, but has since been confirmed to be some sort of a foot injury. Now I looked, I checked, I couldn't find a report of which foot actually was injured in practice, unfortunately. Head coach Dennis Allen, after the afterwards in a press conference, said, quote, Jameis went in today. He kind of tweaked his foot a little bit. He went in for some evaluation. I don't have any update on that, but it was kind of rolling out. I think it was in the 7-on-7 seven seven period. He felt it tweak a little bit, so he wanted to go in and get him evaluated. Now, what I wanted to know which foot it was in is we have to remember that Jameis Winston is still in the process of rehabbing from his torn ACL in the middle of last season. That was his left leg. So if it would have been on his left leg when he tore or when he rolled his foot today, that would have been two strikes, right? Now, the thing is, there was actually real signs of progress last season when Jameis Winston was on the field. It's easy to think back and remember, well, this is a guy who threw 30 interceptions. That's true. 2019, he did throw 30 interceptions, but in seven games last year, he had 14 touchdowns to only three picks. That's not very Jameis Winston-like. Now, of course, the yards per game that year that he threw 30 interceptions were well over 300 yards per game. This year, it's 167, or last year it was 167 yards per game. That's not actually, you know, the 30 interceptions, and I think it was 30-plus touchdowns that year, too. For fantasy, you want that more than the 167 yards per game. But here's what I'd say. Missing training camp isn't great for Winston. 
He's trying to develop chemistry with really three new receivers. Michael Thomas was gone last year, so Jameis Winston doesn't have any experience with him. Jarvis Landry comes over from Cleveland, so that's a new one. And they drafted Chris Olave in the first round, plus he has a new coach in Dennis Allen. So all the training camp time should have been great for Jameis Winston. And him sitting out this time, not great, even if it's only a little bit of time. Because as of this morning, Pro Football Talk is saying a source came within the Saints and said the injury is nothing really to worry about. If there was worry, the Saints did sign Andy Dalton to be their backup quarterback this past March. So they have one of the better backup quarterback situations in the NFL. They actually also have Ian Book, who did get in a little bit of time last year. He was a out of Notre Dame quarterback. Right now, Winston's ADP among quarterbacks, according to Fantasy Pros, is 22.8, which means you don't really have to rely upon him from day one, and you shouldn't want to rely upon him from day one because right now there are just too many questions to rely on him. How is he going to fit? How is the foot? How is the knee? How is he going to do with the new coach? How's he going to do with the new wide receivers? He's someone that, in a super flex, I think you can take a chance on him to be a kind of a high upside option, but he's not somebody that I'm looking to rely on from day one. Two. Story number two. More optimistic injury news out of the NFL. J.K. Dobbins was activated out of the pup, meaning the physically unable to perform, but he's still not fully back yet, and that's okay. We don't need him to be fully back yet, but any progress is good progress, right? You have to, the timeline to return has to start somewhere, and this is that start. Coach John Harbaugh said, quote, I thought he looked good in individual drills the first day back. He was out there in the individual, and you guys saw him moving around, running the ball handling drill. That'll be the first step. Maybe we add a little bit more every day and kind of see how the knee responds. But it seems like so far, so good. So starting in only individual drills at training camp, that's that's to be expected, I think. You can't expect him for a while to start working with his teammates or more injuries could happen. So I watched some of the videos. One was from the Ravens and one was from Jamison Henley, who covers the Ravens for ESPN. He looked good. He looked smooth out there. Now, it was close to a year ago, right? He tore his ACL in the last preseason. So Jameis Winston, I said, made it through seven games before he tore his ACL. Well, J.K. Dobbins was last preseason, so he has more time to recover. Now, it's also not that playing quarterback isn't stressful, but Jameis just has to drop back and throw it most of the time. Now, he has he can run too, right? But J.K. Dobbins is making cuts on that knee and doing a little more as far as explosive movement within the knee. Flashback to two years ago, he's a very impressive rookie season, right? Six-plus yards per carry. We expected him to build upon that last season, and that was the start of all the injuries that befell the backfield in Baltimore because once J.K. Dobbins got hurt, everybody wanted Gus Edwards, and then he hurt his knee, and it just kept spiraling and spiraling from there. Now, what we still know was even with all the injuries, Baltimore ran the ball over 500 times last season. Only Tennessee with Derrick Henry and Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts ran it more. To show how effective this rushing offense can be, the ghost of Devonta Friedman, uh, old Latavius Murray, and out of nowhere, Tyson Williams all averaged five yards per carry last season. When they were in there, now Tyson Williams got hurt. I honestly don't remember what happened to Latavius Murray. And out of nowhere at the end of the year, Devonta Freeman reappeared and was pretty effective. So I know this, J.K. Dobbins is much more talented than any of those three. He's currently sporting an ADP of 25 among running backs. The more positive reports we see out of training camp, the more that number will continue to rise. And if we see him, now I don't think we'll see him in any preseason games, but if by the end it says, you know, all we're full, full to go, we're ready to go week one, 
I think Zeke Elliott, the Cam Zeke Elliott, Cam Akers range, which is more in the 15 to 17 range, I certainly think he can move up into that range, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't take him there. Three. Sports story number three of the day. We switched to MLB. Actually, three and four will be MLB. So, actually, yesterday I kind of called this one. <laughs> Fran Mill Reyes, yesterday you may remember I mentioned that he got released by Cleveland, and then I sort of threw out that I thought maybe the Cubs would be a good fit for him. Well, it turns out that it was a, my logical fit actually worked out, which in the world of sports, logic usually gets thrown out the window. So, hey, even the blind squirrel finds a nut. The Cubs are in the middle of this deep rebuild and are looking for cheap, controllable assets that could net them something in the future. Now, you say, well, they are in the deep rebuild, but what happened with Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ? I honestly don't know. I thought it was strange, too. I thought those two were gone, but here's what you know about Fran Mill Reyes. He's owed about $1.5 million the rest of this season, and then you get two years of arbitration out of him after that. So, essentially, the Cubs have him for two more, two and a half seasons, right? at very little cost. After the year he's put up, I can't imagine he's going to get too much in arbitration this year. And then if he has a great year next year, maybe they flip him or you can keep him, right? I looked at roster resource. Remember right before he got designated for assignment by Cleveland, he was sent to AAA. So roster resource actually has him going to AAA Iowa to start off. I think that's that makes sense. But is Nelson Velasquez really going to keep Fran Mel Reyes down if Fran Mel Reyes at AAA even starts playing like 80% of what we've seen in the past. Remember, I mentioned yesterday, he's had multiple 30 home run seasons with capable averages. Not good, but capable averages. In today's day and game, today's day and age of MLB, that's what you want. So, Nelson Velasquez, I think, has, hit, has six home runs hitting 216 right now. So, I know that Fran Mel Reyes has shown to be a much better player than Nelson Velasquez. And if he sees that, I would expect him to be up quickly in Chicago. Now, yesterday I said, you can feel comfortable dropping Reyes and all redraft fantasy leagues. I stand by that. Just because he signed with Chicago doesn't mean he's jumping right into their primary lineup position right away. So dropping him is fine in redraft. I actually just saw he was traded in one of the dynasty leagues I'm in, but his roster ship rate on Yahoo is down to 35%. Fantrax at 65%. I mentioned yesterday that Fantrax has so many more dynasty and keeper leagues that their percentages are usually quite a bit higher. And that makes sense. But until he does something productive, he isn't someone I would consider at all this season. And I don't think that he will do a whole lot productive. Now, if, they, if he does get up and starts batting in the middle third of the Cubs lineup, then maybe he is someone that you can pick up to stream for some power down the stretch. But you have to see that first. And right now, there's no indication that's going to happen. So watch list Fran Mel Reyes. Don't pick him up. Four. Late last night, Matt Carpenter, for news story number four, fractures his left foot. So shout out to my guy, Nate Handy, who traded for him about an hour earlier in our big dynasty league, and then he breaks his foot. So, ouch. Uh, He fouled a Logan Gilbert pitch off his left foot in the first inning. We saw then Aaron Boone came out and talked to him. He actually stayed in the game to finish the at-bat where he would strike out, but That was apparently a blessing in disguise because after the game, Carpenter said, when I went to swing on the next pitch, as soon as I started to plant and rotate on the back foot, my lower body like gave out and I wasn't able to. So he tried to turn on that pitch and he could feel the pain in his foot and he wasn't able to do what he wanted to. Thankfully, the best thing that happened to me was to swing and miss because if I had to run, I might have made it worse, but I knew it wasn't good. So he does stay in, finishes the at-bat. As he tries to make the swing that he wants, he's not able to. And apparently, according to Matt Carpenter, even out of the words of him, 
It's a good thing he didn't try to run on it, because that's probably much worse than if he had just stood up there and took a bad swing. Officially, he stays in the game until the third inning, but he was playing DH, so the next time he comes up, he's pinch hit for by Tim LaCastro. The Yankees go on to win the game easily, but that's not really what we're talking about here. The next step for Matt Carpenter is to see a foot specialist, so he has to determine just how bad this injury is. After the game, he was seen wearing a protective boot in the clubhouse. We see that all the time, right? You're going to take every precaution with these guys, but... We don't know how bad it is yet. Carpenter himself, for what that's worth, said he's hopeful he'll only miss a month and be back in September to help this team. Now, I heard Fernando Tatis say he was hopeful he was going to be back in June, right? And I'm still waiting for him on a couple of fantasy teams. I don't know if Matt Carpenter will be back in a month or not. I highly doubt it. But even if he is back in a month, it's probably not helpful to your fantasy team. And that's what we're talking about here. For you, it's a matter of replacing the insane offensive production that he's provided for fantasy this year and only 128 bats with the Yankees. He's had 15 home runs, 37 RBIs while hitting a ridiculous 305. Oh yeah. And he's dual eligible on fan tracks at second in the outfield and triple eligible on Yahoo where you can throw in first base. So that type of power production is hard to replace at this point of the year for looking for replacements. I focused on second base. I think most people are probably playing him at second base. So Let's look for some options you could have at second base to help you the next month. For power, I went with Ramon Urias. He's available in about 40% of fan tracks and 75% of Yahoo leagues. He maintains triple eligibility on both sites. He has second, third, and shortstop. He's in the top 10% of the league right now in hard hit percentage. Would you guess that? Because I know I didn't. And here's what I do know. He bats in the middle third of Baltimore's lineup every day. So fourth, fifth, sixth. He's already had 12 home runs, 40 RBIs, while hitting a usable 245. It's not the 300-plus you were getting out of Matt Carpenter, but I didn't have a whole lot of faith in the 300-plus out of Matt Carpenter either. I think Urias helps you replace the power more than the average. Now, if you're looking to replace a bit more of the average while still not hurting yourself in power, I think a good option is Luis Renjifo. He's got dual eligibility on Fantrax with second and shortstop, but he's actually quad eligible on Yahoo. He adds third and outfield there too, where all you have to do is like see third base and you get eligibility there. Yahoo's eligibility requirements are nuts. But for the year, Renjifo has six home runs, five stolen bases, and a 275 average. And in the last month, he's hitting an even better 326. And it's quietly, extremely quietly, since the All-Star game, he's batted either third or fourth every day for the Angels, which means... You know, you could say, okay, well, it's the Angels lineup, and that's not wrong, but we saw Taylor Ward be scorching hot for the first two months. He's usually batting leadoff, and Shohei Otani bat second. So there are definite RBI opportunities here. I think he can replace some of the power production with the higher average like you were getting out of Matt Carpenter. Five. The final news story of the day is actually an NBA news story because I want to talk about some Kevin Durant and some of Kevin Durant's issues. Now, when it comes to these podcast, I'm going to try to focus on stories that have actions more so than rumors, but five news stories a day is going to be tough when it's not the weekend sometimes, so I'm going to get to do some things like this that I find a little bit more fun. So Kevin Durant issues, this one's been festering for a bit, right? So flashback to last August, where Kevin Durant signs a contract extension for four years, $198 million to stay with the Brooklyn team. Now, he's just about to actually enter the first year of that extension. Last year wasn't on that contract. And after he signed that, remember, they had James Harden. They had Kyrie Irving for possibly, but we 
learned later on that it was only certain games, but that's neither here nor there. But either way, the Nets were expected to be among the title favorites, and then they flamed out and lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Boston Celtics. So, flash forward to this year, back on June 30th, we heard about there was a mention of a trade request by Kevin Durant, and it got reiterated this past weekend. Kevin Durant flew to London to meet face-to-face with Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Tsai. Joe Tsai is a partial owner of Alibaba, which is kind of the Amazon of China. And so they flew together and met in London, and it was reiterated. The reports were laid out that Kevin Durant basically laid it out on the table. It's either me, Kevin Durant, or it's Steve Nash and Sean Marks. So Steve Nash being the head coach of the Nets, and Sean Marks is the GM. Durant doesn't feel comfortable with where the organization is heading, and I really don't blame him for that. This is a team that should be better, and at times, you know, they brought in DeAndre Jordan. I was like, what's going on here, right? So who knows where this organization is heading? And Kevin Durant's saying, I don't know it either. Uh, Names that have been speculated the most, it says there's reports that they've called every team, but the asking price is sky high. Once again, hard to blame the Nets for saying we want the world for Kevin Durant. We've seen how good he can be. He's still very, very talented, and we'll get to that in a little bit here, but... Names that have been speculated the most include Toronto, with I would assume Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet being the main piece going back. Probably Siakam because they have Ben Simmons. But And Boston. Boston is the one that makes the most sense. Kevin Durant's very good friends with Boston's head coach from their times at the Olympics. You could start with a package of Jalen Brown going back to Brooklyn. But if the trade happens, then we'll cover those more then. The team that's left right now in Brooklyn is very hard to know because there are going to be so many new parts and pieces. Kyrie is back, should be full go this season from what we know. I think all of the COVID restrictions are being lifted. James Harden is gone, though. He's replaced by Ben Simmons, who we haven't seen play since 2020. They added Royce O'Neal. Remember, Royce O'Neal was with Utah and would provide like sneaky, sneaky, low, low-end fantasy production. TJ Warren was also added as an offseason free agent. We haven't seen TJ Warren play in... Oh, I don't know. At least three years. Let me look at this up here. I'm sitting here. I'll check and see. When was the last time that TJ Warren actually played in an NBA game? Basketball reference. It was 2020. He played. Oh, he did play in four games in 2020. So really, it's been the 2019 season since we've seen TJ Warren play regularly. So who knows what you're getting there? His foot is as fragile as Yao Ming's at this point. What does it all mean for fantasy? No matter which team he's on, Kevin Durant is going to be a borderline first, early second round pick in fantasy. He has that elite shooting skill that he's always offered. It's just a matter of how many games are you going to get. If he's next to Jalen, you know, if he's next to Jason Tatum, he's not the primary option, but it doesn't really worry me. He wasn't the primary option with James Harden in Brooklyn last year, right? He was James Harden and when Kyrie Irving was on the court, and they were all able to really still maintain their, their spots. So as far as Kevin Durant goes... It's something to watch going forward. We'll pay attention to see if he does get traded, and then that will be in the, that day's Daily Five notes. But for now, you just keep playing Kevin Durant and planning for Kevin Durant to be a borderline first-round pick or an early second-round pick in fantasy. And the same probably for Kyrie Irving a little earlier. I would actually take Kyrie Irving ahead of Kevin Durant, and who knows with Ben Simmons. It all depends on how you're building your team. So thank you for listening to today's Daily Five. That's the Daily Five podcast for August 9th. Tune back in tomorrow for five new news stories. I'm going to say the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Podcast Attic. I think it's on all those now. It might not be on Google yet, but I'm trying. 
If your app allows, please leave a like and review. I actually heard some good things from people already. That's awesome. I didn't expect that yet, so great. Uh, Share the podcast with your friends if you enjoy what I'm doing. Also, check me out weekly on the Heater Podcast, where I analyze baseball in a longer format. That is going to go a little longer. That's with Dan Lewig. Have a great day, and see you tomorrow. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.